Listener Production. US stocks sink as the Dow breaks a historic winning streak. And Aussie shares expected to finish the week lower on Friday, ahead of retail spending data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 28th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, I've had this tune in my head all morning. Dinah Washington, what a difference a day makes. I was going to hum it, but I I just know how annoyed I get when people sing out a tune. It may not be the It's not the forum, is it? Music for those <laughs> sitting on a bus or train. No, no, perhaps not. Look, what a contrast in days. Yesterday, the market interpreted Jerome Powell as cooing about the possibility of a moderation when it comes to rate hikes in the medium term, whether or not that turns out to be the case is another question. And we've had that question put to us today with a stronger round of economic news. There were stiff sell-off where bonds uh, were concerned in particular. So a 10-year Treasury note, a a 10-year government bond in the US, uh, up by 15 basis points to just above 4%, and a two-year Treasury note up by about 10 basis points to just short of 5% at 4.93%. Again, those sorts of sell-offs are pretty significant. Absolutely. We saw bonds fall after that strong US economic data. Fuel concerns the US Federal Reserve isn't done with its fight against inflation. We saw economic growth in the United States in the June quarter in terms of GDP growing at 2.4%. So that really did blast past market expectations for 1.8%. So very strong outcome the there. forecasters left with an omelette on their face of that one. <laughs> Indeed. And consumer spending, which accounts for two-thirds of the US economy as far as economic activity is concerned, it increased at a 1.6% pace in the second quarter, though the pace slowed from the first quarter's robust 4% rate. It was enough to add more than a full percentage point to GDP growth. So the consumer still remains in reasonable health in the United States at the moment. Then on top of that, Tom... We also saw durable goods orders jump by 4.7% in June. So that's a good representation of business investment. Yeah. Well, yesterday we were talking about the results of uh, organisations in the aerospace space. <laughs> uh, and we saw that reflected in these durable goods orders, like non-defence aircraft up 70%, Ryan. That's like a massive number. Transport up 12% within these figures. I mean, when you take all of those elements out of the picture, it was a more modest improvement, but these are still important outcomes when you look at what's happening in terms of that investment picture that you talk about. That's why we kind of like to look at the way these data points line up, how the corporate result lines up. It's all sort of coming together rather nicely at the moment, isn't it? So consumers are resilient, business spending is up, and the other key ingredient overnight was that we saw jobless claims. So claims for unemployment benefits, they fell unexpectedly by 7,000 to 221,000 last week. So this suggests the labour market remains very tight still. On the back of that, we did see those bond yields really sell off. The other thing to note as well, Tom, was that there was some speculation ahead of the Bank of Japan's meeting today. So they gather this afternoon, Australian time, And it was reported yesterday by the Nikkei that the Bank of Japan will discuss tolerating higher domestic bond yields, and that spurred gains in the yen. And anxiety about this meeting weighed on sentiment as well, broadly, in terms of risk assets. We often talk about other central banks dragging their feet when it comes to readjusting policy, but the Japanese have been suffering under the weight of 
disinflation and deflation for decades. So they're not going to be in any rush to start reining this picture in. That's the, the way to rationalise all of that. And what we have seen over the course of the last few years is the Japanese with negative interest rates, their policy rates at minus 0.1%, and they target a 10-year government bond yield of 0%. So they anchor their bond yields very low to keep borrowing costs low to encourage spending and investment and hopefully stimulate the economy. But chatter about a potential change in those policy settings have unnerved investors somewhat. And that's but then again, you know, look, to put that into context, we've had probably that speculation for most of the year. So that's not anything novel, I suppose, with each month. It's a question of whether or not you're closer to that outcome. Indeed. And certainly what we have seen is the, the Nikkei performing very well mm-hmm. over the course of this year. It's been around three decade high. So whether that continues, uh, we'll wait and see today. But the, the share market in Japan was up by 222 points or 0.7% yesterday. Now, back to the US share market, Tom. We did see some quite mixed outcomes as far as earnings were concerned. Indeed. Uh, so let's just quickly reflect on the indices and their performance. Uh, the Dow Jones missing out on that 14th day of gains, Ryan. Uh, that would have been the longest stretch since June 1897. <laughs> so instead, we've snapped the 13-day winning streak, which was the longest since 1987. Wow. It's a long time, isn't it? Anyway, down two-thirds of a percent for the Dow, uh, a loss of 237 points. The S&P 500 also down by roughly two-thirds of a percent or 29 points. And the NASDAQ down by a half of 1% or 77 points. So as you point out, another busy day as far as earnings were concerned. There were a couple of results out of the fast food space uh, in the US last night, which were interesting to compare and to contrast Uh, One of them that stood out to me, you go to America and they are very fizzed up about the Chipotle fast food outlet, aren't they? They do like their Mexican food. You don't mind a taco, do you, I don't mind a taco. I mean, look, let's be frank, my eating habits tend to be very similar to a Labrador, so I'm quite happy to eat anything. But Chipotle, uh, this stock has had extraordinary gains, not only over this year, but really since the pandemic began. So before the pandemic, these uh, shares were changing hands for, you know, roughly in the 400s and not long ago, as high as 2175 US dollars, right? That's a wealth creating machine. But this session, you know, they actually had some good numbers. Sales up by seven, almost seven and a half percent in the second quarter. Revenue was better than expected. It was up 13.6% to $2.51 billion. What else was there? There was like any number of factors in there. Their earnings per share up 36% to 1265. That was way better than expected. You know where the blemish was? In the outlook. And uh, they were guiding towards, you know, mid to low single digit comparative sales in, in the next quarter. The stock down 9%. It got hammered. <laughs> and you beat EPS by that margin and you get that result. And you contrast that to Macca's. So Macca's came out with its result last night and its share price is up over a percent. It was one of the stronger performers on the Dow Jones. McDonald's beat Wall Street's estimates for its second quarter earnings and revenue. The chain's Grimace birthday meal helped drive customers to US restaurants. (laughs) You remember Grimace, the the purple guy? That's the purple guy, is he? And its same store sales grew by 11.7% in the quarter. And of course, we have seen strong sales in China. Broadly, 
what we did see was a positive reaction from investors. I wonder if they'll be teaming up with Barbie. They often do that type of cake. Make Happy Meal with Barbie yeah. dolls in them or something. Now, the other thing to note, Tom, is that shares of online retailer eBay, they sank 11%, worst performer on the S&P 500 after its third quarter earnings guidance came in below expectations. And on the Dow, Honeywell International, its shares were down 5.7% after reporting a mixed second quarter. So broadly, a very mixed night of earnings results. But one thing to point out, Tom, is that we have seen industrials earnings up about 7% so far in this second quarter. Earnings update and banks are up 19%. So what this points to is, is the breadth of earnings is widening. Yeah, which, and, is, which is a good thing. Absolutely. And earnings overall up about 3%. So there were quite a negative outlook or view on earnings coming into this results season. But it's early days. So we've got a long way to go. But and really, the bar was set fairly low when it came to the expectations for the earnings season, it must be said. So let's just quickly reflect on the fortunes of European stocks. The UK market doing quite well, up by a little under a quarter of a percent. The German market up by 1.7% and trumped by the French, uh, with the uh, French market up by a little over 2%. Ryan, probably not the anticipated response with um, stocks up to that extent? Well, the European Central Bank hiked its benchmark policy rate by 25 basis points. As you mentioned, Tom, the deposit facility is now at a 23-year high of 3.75%. And the reason why share markets lifted was that investors anticipate the European Central Bank is now closer to the end of its tightening cycle. ECB President Christine Lagarde said policymakers are open-minded about upcoming decisions and the bank might hike or hold rates steady in September. We saw the European share markets broadly hit 17-month highs on the back of that. The other thing that's notable with all this is that these comments come with inflation still well above the ECB's target mm. of 2%. So the headline reading has come down to 5.5% in June, but certainly core inflation remains around those levels. We get the latest inflation data out of the Eurozone next week, so that's something to look out for. But Maybe the market has got a little bit of ahead of itself there, but we'll wait and see, Tom. Indeed. So you know, when you looked at uh, European interest rate markets, they were not that much changed uh, with the exception of the German Bund, uh, a 10-year Bund up by about five basis points, which is not an aggressive move in the context of bonds these days, but that's still a solid move higher in yield terms. I think it's fanciful for the ECB to be talking about you know, having done a good portion of their work. I think the wood is still piling up and they need to just focus on their messaging. Taking a leaf out of Jay Powell's book would probably be a good outcome for them, but they're just worried about the fragility of their economy and talking up rates too much, I suppose. Well, they did say inflation continues to decline, but it is still expected to remain too high for too long. So if that's the narrative, then certainly they've got more work to do. 3.75, that's well behind the US Federal Reserve at 5.5%. Yeah, exactly. So you're not um, in a position to be softening your narrative, I don't think, as a central banker under those circumstances. But what would I know? Uh, we can all sit at the knee of Madame Lagarde and uh, learn a lot. So in terms of the local market today, Ryan, we are expecting a decent knock for the ASX 200 down by... 43 points or about 0.6 of a percent with the SPY at the moment. Retail sales today, quite important actually, more so than the weight that we normally attach to this reading. Well, consumer spending is a large proportion of the Aussie economy and it's going to be important as far as 
the interest rate outlook next week's concerns. So markets are currently pricing in the likelihood of a pause. The Commonwealth Bank economists have got a potential rate hike still penciled in, and that will depend today on the retail spending data. So we're expecting a flat outcome. While the May retail figure was stronger than expected, this reflected the earlier timing of end of financial year sales, so they'll wash out. So we expect some pullback in June. Our internal CBA card spending data indicates that retail spending rose by 0.3% in June. While our spending data closely tracks the official Bureau Statistics estimates, it, it has been slightly stronger of late, likely reflecting CBA banking a large share of new migrants, which adds to overall spending on CBA cards. So that's quite interesting, Tom. But Certainly, that is going to be a key mover today. We also get producer prices being released. That's the business inflation number. That probably won't move the needle. The bigger picture around commodities, we saw the US all NYMEX price rise by 1.7% to 80.09 US dollars a barrel. The Brent crude price is now over 84 bucks a barrel. So we're broadly at the highest level since April. So energy producers today could have a good day out. But we did see gold futures down 1.2%. To 1945.70 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore futures were broadly flat at 112.90 US dollars a ton. So a bit of a mixed backdrop for commodities with the strengthening in the US dollar. And also we have Sarah Resources hosting an investor meeting. It's a graphite producer, and PointsBet is expected to release sales and revenue results. The Bank of Japan hands down its policy decision later today. So after market in the US, we have seen uh, Intel report its earnings. The shares are up by 6% in after-hours trade with a better-than-expected result, which included their EPS uh, beating expectations at $0.13 cents, uh, compared to a $0.03 cent loss. The revenue came in at uh, $12.9 billion. So that was uh, just below the $12.13 billion that the market was expecting. And the Aussie dollar has taken a bit of a knock with that US dollar strength. It slid from 68.17 cents to 66.98 US cents. It's currently trading at 67.05 US cents. The fortunes of the Aussie dollar today, apart from the Bank of Japan meeting, will be largely determined by the latest inflation numbers out of the United States. So we get the fabled PCE deflated, the personal yes, consumption expansion we're deflated. we're on a high in terms of economic news. We are, and we're expecting to see the core measure, which excludes food and energy, at 4.1% year on year. So it's an improvement, but we're still, still a long high. way from the 2% target range, Tom. Indeed. It's a good point that you make, that notwithstanding the progress, still more work to be done on the part of central banks. Uh, just quickly wrapping up Intel, uh, their outlook, which is so important for organisations. It's not just how they've performed, it's what they expect to do. Uh, for the third quarter, they're expecting earnings per share of uh, $0.20, cents, and that is not a bad outcome because the market was looking for something closer to $0.16. Cents. So uh, should be a reasonable uh, response by investors in after-hours trade, as I said, up by 6%. Yes, returning to profitability after two quarters of losses. Indeed. It's um, notwithstanding all of the cross-currents in technology land with AI and everything, that doesn't mean that organisations respond seamlessly and their earnings responding positively accordingly. It's a fluid mix, isn't it, Ryan? It is indeed, Which makes it so interesting to look at. Absolutely. Anything on for the weekend? Going to watch England versus Denmark tonight in the World Cup. Well, um, travel safely, Ryan. I know you're a very safe driver on the roads. And um, uh, may all of our listeners have a lovely weekend as well. Our best wishes go with you. 
This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.